morning, class. Welcome to the Art Eater podcast number 54. Uh, so today's podcast is, uh, oh, very excited for this one. So we're, we're going to be talking about King of Fighters 15, and we also have a very special guest with us. Uh, but first, let's do a quick round of intro with the uh, the regulars. So uh, I'm your host, Richmond. I'm the founder of uh, ArtEater.com, uh, and I've been making video games for a living for uh, quite some time now. Sean? Hello, I'm Sean. I'm always here. I edit the podcast. Um, I am a UX designer, creative director. Uh, during the day, I lead design teams at NZXT, talk about PC gaming, uh, and then I try to write about games as well. All right. Uh, this is James Stanley, uh, better known as uh, Beefy Kunoichi on the Twitter lands. Uh, I do storyboards for animation, character designs, and I am a comic book artist and a lover of fighting games. And I am super happy to be yes. here today. Hello, everybody. It's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. Yeah, I love to make all kinds of cool art and all kinds of cool work. But it's not about me today. Normally, we'd hop right in. We have a very special guest with us today. Someone well-respected, extremely well-respected in the FGC with a history of play and commentary. So without further ado, introduce yourself, my friend. Uh... <laughs> Man, you guys are like leagues above what I do. I'm thinking like, man, these guys are like, you know, they're artists. They're like, you guys are industry dudes. I'm just a commentator, man. Uh, but yeah, it's me, Hell Pockets, uh, illustrious, uh, apparently respected uh, fighting game commentator of Very well. 11 years, man. Yeah, we discussed that earlier, but yeah, I've been doing this for 11 years. And um, currently I am working from home. And sweating bullets over this 49ers Rams game that's going to be ha happening later on today. If you've looked at my Twitter, you see that <laughs> I have been pretty heavy in on that uh, for the oh, last yeah. couple of months. Um, thanks for all the followers who didn't leave, because normally that's the thing. Normally I start talking about football and everybody wants to just like, oh, bail on this guy. He's done with fighting games. But, you know, thanks for talking <laughs> for the rough patch. After it's over, I promise back to nothing but KOF and probably DNF Duel. Nice. It's, Let's go. it's great that everyone's personality can contain more than one thing. I know. I know right? Right? Imagine that. Yeah. Being a well-rounded person. Wow. In 2022. Jeez. Let's go. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm kind of like splitting the atom here, man. Like, am I am I uh, taking a big risk having more than one interest? Yeah. No, nah, but anyway, thanks for having me on, guys. Like, this is a uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast and you know done an interview, so it's always nice to you know get in touch with you know. I guess I can call you guys fans, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I don't. I don't see like myself as like some kind of superstar or anything. But you guys sound awesome. Like if there's any superstars here, it's definitely you guys. You know, level design, art, the production, making games. Like I used to dream about doing stuff like that when I was a kid, but realized uh, while I might have had the patience for looking at lines and lines of code, uh, I didn't have the talent to learn any of the code. So I didn't know what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Right, oh yeah, man. that's one. That, so that's one. Of, that's one of the coolest things. Thanks very much, man. That's one of the coolest things about what it is that we do. We each have our own specific set of skills, but then again, just like any game design team, any good game design team, you know, we work together to bring something to the table. So everyone's got their own stuff to give here, and I can't wait to get into it because uh, we'd love to hear all about your life and what it is that you've done and what it is that you want to do. So let's get to it. Yeah. yeah all right. Well, super excited to have you on here so um yeah we wanted i wanted to know like how how did you get into uh fighting games you know how, how what was the road to becoming hell pockets uh well that's probably gonna start with 
with like a lot of people my age with a uh, world warrior street fighter 2 oh yeah that's um, right i believe yep. that was like 91 or something like that and you know uh they dropped it in the arcades out here in america and i went to a local pizza shop and there's just like a ton of not, not kids adults playing street <laughs> fighter 2 just surrounded like this this one cab and you know, I, I I became enamored in it because one, there was like I'd never seen that many like grown-ups playing a video game before. And so I was like, Oh, this has gotta be like some some really like advanced stuff. I gotta get in on this. And I of course quickly did not know what I was doing and still had a a great time playing it. And uh I actually didn't play it too much until it dropped on home home consoles because you know, I, I think I must have been like six or seven at the time. So uh possibly going to the arcade to play street fighter two all the time just wasn't really a possibility. So I'd wait for it to be available in my house. And at that point, you know, I had me and my buddies get around and we would just play with each other. And it was cool until my cousin shows up, who was like a teenager actually knows how to play guile and just completely, I, I was definitely that kid. Have you seen like that gif of that kid playing like Madden with his brother or something? And he's having like a nervous breakdown and he's just mashing the shit out of the buttons. Like that was me. That was me trying to be this guy for years. It, it, it's always it. the guy player. It's it's That's always what I was the just saying that. It's always the guy of course. It's always the guy. Yeah, that makes and I have, like, sense. No concept of what to do against him, and I'm just like, why does it work like this? I hate this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I got zoned out by a guy player when I was like barely able to reach the sticks but i knew like i shook my fist metaphorically at him like one day i'm gonna be able to beat that guy and of course he was gone by the time i got good at street fighter so <laughs> that's how it always works that, that's yeah. usually the inspiration though right like we're like it's, if you ever watch like those yeah. old like anime or like i gotta train to beat this one guy except at the end yep. where the guy's strong enough to beat them the guy's like oh i stopped fighting like years ago bro yeah like, <laughs> it's it's always that man every single time <laughs> yeah <laughs> So there's I mean, a reason there, why everyone knows. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh I was just gonna continue with my oration, but go ahead with you. So I can no, no, no. I was just gonna say there's a reason why everyone knows. Just like uh, everyone knows about why Giles like so like scary and stuff. But it's it's oh, to yeah. go home and be a family man that really seals it for me. You know what I'm saying? He's oh, like he beats your ass, and then he just tells yeah. you, "Hey, quit yeah. fighting and go look after your family. Go go chill out on that." Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Giles, I'm only eight years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Sorry, so go uh, ahead, go ahead. Um and so and so from there, uh it was just, you know, uh, uh it was just one thing to another. You know, we played World Warrior and then almost immediately afterwards, uh we I find out find out about Fatal Fury. Uh the story behind that is really real quick. I was at a school field trip to a bowling alley and there was a, a SNK MVS uh cab at the bowling alley arcade, and you know, there was people playing fatal fury and it was like hey this looks like street fighter but the characters are not as uh i mean i couldn't tell the difference between you know joe higashi and ryu at the same at that time but at the same time i was like this there's something about these characters that just kind of look cooler than me you know and one of the reasons why i love joe higashi is because his throw in that move looks, looks so brutal like everybody had like a nice little toss in that game, but Joe's was like, I'm gonna just slam your head into the ground and and, and bounce you. <laughs> and like me and my me and my boys were just like, Oh, that's that's sick. That's the best, you know. <laughs> so it's been kind of a love affair ever since then. Um and then you fast forward to uh what was it? CVS two era when that first came out. That's oh, when yeah. it started kind of being yeah. real serious 
uh, for me. And I'll, I would say a lot of people in my generation, um, cause I'm not like OG, uh, fighting game FGC. I'm like maybe Oh fiver, you know, that, that's, that's when I got my SRK <laughs> forum handle. <laughs> so, and started yeah, man, you're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I actually yeah, was on SRK, believe it or not, like late 99 because someone told me about it and somehow I was able to get an account. So uh, my I, I don't even have a beard, but I can feel it growing in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, but the thing about that was like being on that uh, forum introduced me to so many other games that I just hadn't really given much time to. And like I used to think like, you know, everybody only played like Street Fighter competitively and king of fighters and mortal Kombat, but i didn't know people were playing like bloody war competitively right i didn't know there was a doa scene so stuff like that got introduced to me um but yeah around that time that was around that was around the era that i started getting you know competitive i would pay money to you know lose in tournaments uh (laughs) i i fancied myself a third strike player for a time and that wasn't true um (laughs) Played played a lot of Guilty Gear. Played a lot of Guilty Gear back then. Yeah, um, I've been playing Guilty Gear since high school, and I I wasn't competitive, but like I was seriously about the game. Like I would bring my consoles to school and like grab the AV card, and we would just run sets nice. uh, during lunch period. That and Rival Schools. Those were like the games we were uh, running like, all all yeah, four years. Right. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, like even the teachers are about that. It's like, yo, is that principal beating that kid's ass? I love this game. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um that's right. and uh and, and um that that's kind of like yeah that's where things really took off because the arcade that i was going to was san francisco state university's racking queue and that was kind of like the meeting place or one of them for a lot of like norcal's fgc not illuminati but like the people that were competing back then and after a number of years of just kind of like ingratiating myself within those people and like building a community there uh Southtown Arcade opens up. And Southtown Arcade was run by a guy named uh RDP. And that's a buddy of mine from high school. Um, and the first thing he tells me is like, hey, you know how we love King of Fighters? And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, dude, I'm getting like a, a candy cab with KOF 13 in it. I'm like, oh snap, oh. dude. This is gonna be that's pretty cool. You know, I think you're gonna get a lot of heat with that. He's like, Oh, it's gonna get a lot better. You know, haunts. The streamer, I'm like, yeah. He's like, we're gonna do grand bats bi-weekly here, and he wants you to work them. I'm like, what? I don't even commentate, bro. I'm just like a guy. <laughs> wow. I'm it's just funny. a guy. That's awesome. Know? Oh man, it's funny you bring that up because that was like my first introduction to you and like KOF 13, like on a competitive level, and it was like that was the time where I was like, I was already liking KOF games, but like 13 was just like oh no, I'm playing the hell out of this game. And I would, every single time you guys did any sort of stream or anything, like my eyes were glued to it. So, man. Well, thank you for freaking, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, did a little bit of a, we, we did a little a little bit of a mention of this game in our favorite uh, fighting game backgrounds podcast too. But yeah, just another shout out to KOF 13 because like, that game is gorgeous in like a billion different ways. But yeah, I love looking at that game. Yeah, no, that, that, um, the, the weird thing about 13 was I wasn't really tripping about how it looked. I was just glad people were playing it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I had started out playing KOF seriously with 11, and there were a good number of people playing that as well, but it was kind of just like, that's the KOF crew, right? You can't just grab anybody and say, hey, you want to play some KOF 11, right? That you had, they had to know 
what was going on. But with 13, everybody wanted to be on it. So I was happy for that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Southtown Arcade opens. The Rambats start with a I play winner. And, you know, I just started screaming into a microphone, you know. It just was real, literally just me saying whatever came to mind as it happened on screen. There was no science. There was no real commentary expertise back then because we were basically all aping uh like virtual fighter commentators in a way like i don't know if a lot of people remember this but like virtual fighter virtual fighter and the commentary at sbo super battle opera was like the first time yeah. that at least i had seen that done like we had recorded matches you know uh maybe even some live stream matches but that was probably the first time that i ever actually heard people speaking over the action as it happened and it was all in japanese so i couldn't understand what they were yeah. saying but i was like damn that's sick how come we're not doing that right and so hans <laughs> was like yeah we should we should definitely do that um and we did a year of that and we rolled into 2012 and hans gets the contract to do evo uh very famous evo obviously for ko of 13 players and fans and he tells me he wants me to commentate the event and i'm i'm assuming he means like you know like maybe a day or so but like <laughs> i don't know if a lot of people remember that but that tournament went all three days and i don't yes, mean like did. you know a couple of pulls in the second day no 10 hours friday 10 hours saturday oh, and then four hours practically for top eight on sunday and i was there for all of <laughs> like he wow. didn't have <laughs> any backups i'm just sitting there just like out of breath by Saturday night, haven't had a bathroom break since Friday morning. And oh yeah, it was it was it was fun, but it was rough. Um but yeah, that that was like what kick started like the the career, I guess. Because before that I was kind of just you know, I had done some events and I actually got paid to do NCR uh that year, which I I wasn't even sure I wanted because I was like, dude, this is I'm not working. Why are you giving me money? Right um but that was the first time i got like some real money like they paid me pretty well for that and i was like oh shoot man this is this is pretty nice maybe i should take this seriously um and so from there it's just been as you've seen it you know i've just done events mostly kof stuff uh eventually ended up segueing into dragon ball fighters uh in 2018 which was a pretty big year for me that was a lot of fun samurai showdown in 2019 and coming soon KOF 15, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And now we're at the present. We made we made it all the way over here. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Just to have a quick ask though, just generally, because I know that you've mentioned like a lot of different things here. But like we're gonna go into some KOF thoughts just overall. But like if you could like encapsulate the uh, the if you could encapsulate like your perhaps favorite uh, KOF game and like and why and stuff like what is it about those games or or a specific game that you enjoy you know so much like as a both you know someone who's played and commentated as well I just love to hear about that. Um. So I mean, Eleven has a special place in my heart because it's like the first one I played, and I mean, it's like unlike any other KOF game that they ever made, other than two thousand three, mm-hmm. and. I still think that that system is probably the best thing they've ever come up with. I understand why they don't utilize it now. Cause it's probably like a pain in the ass to, you know, put together and balance uh, 11 kind of just ended up working because it was a refined version of 2003. And then they were like, all right, this is probably as good as we're going to get it. 
Um, so that's always got a special place in my heart. But ironically, my favorite game is 14. 14, oh. I think, is everything that was cool about 13, but it's simplified, I guess. Because like a lot of a lot of the things in 13, I felt that were cool, like, you know, in comparison to older KOF games, the, in, the, the inputs were easier to execute. I felt like it was a much more uh, inclusive and more inviting game than, say, like 98 or something, or even 11. Um, and 14 just kind of takes that to the extra level where they just basically tell you, like, you know, if you play fighting games, you can play this game. It's got good buttons. The damage is high. Uh, it's a very mechanically sound game. Um, and it's And it's fast. It's a lot of fun. I feel like other KOF yeah. games mechanically don't always nail that fine tuning, uh, you know, strength to balance ratio. I feel like sometimes like they just want to leave things as they are because people like them or maybe they just don't have the time or funding to rebalance them again. Um, but 14, like SNK put so much work into that game and it just continued to get better and better and better. And now the game is, I think, is probably one of the best KOF games ever made um by a wide margin but i'm, I'm probably gonna catch hell for that so i don't care <laughs> i mean it's interesting though because the thing is is that like when 14 came out i mean like i think my initial reaction was i was like a little disappointed with it visually but i still bought it i wanted to support snk and then i started playing it and i was like wait a minute this is a good game yeah this game feels really good like and i was like wait like it's it's a little more streamlined than 13, but yes. you can still express yourself. You can still be degenerate. You can still do all the cool things <laughs> that you can do in 13. They're just a little bit like streamlined just so that the game is a bit easier to pick up. The only problem I had was like it was hard for me to find people to play because nobody <laughs> around wanted to play 14. And I was like, man, I was like, but this game is good. So I would always kind of like tinker with it from time to time you know try to find stuff in it and kind of enjoy like the training mode of it and occasionally play people online but like you know my next thought was like man like if they do another kof like they're going to be going in even a better direction because it's kind of like they took what 13 was and 13 is just great on its own it's kind of like this game mm -hmm. that i almost feel like shouldn't have happened it almost feels like a dream and then it's like 14 <laughs> is like the the reality game where it's like okay this is what we can give you and it was just like you know, I really liked that game. Uh, it was just kind of like, it was a shock to me because I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. And I was like, wow, this, there's a lot under this hood. And I, it was like around that time was when I think the first teaser came out for 14 and I was, I mean, 15. And I was just like, oh man, like nobody got to play 14 like that, but maybe 15 will, you know, do it. So I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from with it, man. 14 is a better game than a lot of people thought. Yeah, hmm. I, I, if I had to compare, because a lot of people compare it to 13, and they're like, how come we can't have 13? And I'm like, whatever. But discussing, like, the gameplay itself, I feel like 14 gives you so many more opportunities with more characters to do their stuff. In 13, there was a very small percentage of characters that just got to do their stuff all the time. You know, Mr. Karate, Kem, okay. Yuri, K-Dash and Arcade, sure. Right in the arcade, sure, right? You know, all that yeah. stuff was like, it wasn't even a mystery. It was like, yeah, we, we got it. You know, 13 in the arcade days, that game was solved like in a week. They were like, just play Raiden, K-Dash, Kula, and or uh, 
who is uh, or mature depending on the version of the game you're playing yes um i i'm a big before mature fan so i'm, I'm feeling that i, I know yeah they, oh they yeah touch you with that infinite and it's over like <laughs> we, were, we were talking about in a previous episode about that that magical time when a game comes out where no one's figured it out yet um seems like we you know once you get into arcade and people have figured it out uh it's not as much fun uh yeah it, that that's kind of an issue and with 13 it happened so quickly it was like i mean i was still hyped for it and when they rebalanced it for console i was very happy but i'm not gonna lie i go back to those videos nowadays and i'm like damn how did we survive that era like how did, <laughs> nobody, how did we all just not walk away from this can't play Terry in a KOF game. He's trash. What? Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, there was just such a small group of characters that really got to get their rocks off in KOF 13. And 14 fixed that problem by emphasizing the neutral. Um, and and then just on top of that, ratcheting up the griminess, I feel. You know, like the amount of grime that exists in 14 totally dwarfs 13's grime, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there's so many characters with cool shit. Like, oh man, um, I mean, Kukri, like, yes, yeah, 14 Kukri still gives me nightmares, man. That is like, he's nearing like Hokuto no Ken, like, it's crazy, right? Now, imagine oh, that dude goodness. in 13 where he's like, I don't really need the HD bar, but sure, if you want to give me like a one touch that I can don't have to spend meter for, okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like I said. I mean, I I'm glad that 15 is you know doing his thing is coming out. I mean, I I I seriously hope that like, you know, in some way that people at least know that like 14 like it's worth hitting buttons with, man. Like it is, yeah. it is a game that like you can play almost any character in any play style and like find at least two people that fit it. Uh, mm -hmm. In most cases, like I know there's some that are probably a little more niche that like are kind of hard for somebody to find like a particular character that is their play type. But like I feel like in most cases you can find at least two characters that fit and uh, it's it's a it's a pretty cool game. Like honestly, like it, it's I mean, and also Kim is in it, but I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think 14 was just a great had a great base. Uh, to to bounce off of, um, and it, it shows in, in its entire run, it's in in its longevity, and it's also uh, got a showing at Evo, uh, despite the fact yeah. that a lot of people were just like, I don't know, man, I don't know if this game's gonna be big. Look how it looks. How many people are gonna be playing it? And then it shows up at Evo, and it still steals the show. So it's just a great game. Yeah, I I was wondering, um, like which KOFs um, are like the most popular ones like let's say globally or or you know in in north america like like which ones are the ones that the most people played uh well for a time some people would argue that kof 11 was probably the most popular kof game um okay. because it was the game that was bringing in people that don't normally play kof okay. um but a lot of people say like 98, 2002, those are very popular. Like 2002 is very popular in uh, South America and uh, Mexico, Latin America, basically, uh, Japan, China. Um, yeah. And same thing with 2000, uh, same thing with 98. Uh, both of those games are just popular in those stalwart KOF communities that will always play KOF. And we'll probably only play those games. Honestly, they don't tend to. Vent. They they're they're coming back. They're coming out now. But a lot of those guys are kind of poo poo in thirteen. 
So would you say there's like a mm. formula to what what makes a, a popular KOF game? Like, you know, can you see it coming uh, in terms of like what they would do to make it the same? Or is it kind of up, you know, up and down in terms of the game? It's weird because SNK throws curveballs all the time. Like, there's no KOF game that I can say, well, like, oh, yeah, they're going to love this. I mean, if they if people like 14, they're going to love 15, right? I can totally see that coming. But, like, seeing how they went from, like, 98 to 99 in that system, like, with the strikers and everything, like, I, I kind of wonder why they felt like they had to do that, but they did. And I still think those games are cool, but a lot of the community members don't. Um, and then they jump back in with 2002 and, oh, I think some of it might have to do with the character selection, you know, uh, you bring back older characters, you tend to bring in, uh, older players, mm-hmm. uh, and SNK usually remains incredibly faithful to those characters when they're putting them in new systems. And that's really cool for me. Cause I'm like, cool. I don't really have to relearn this character now. Right. <laughs> I could just kind of like adapt into this new system with these very familiar tools. One thing I've always appreciated about KOF in every game is that they generally don't skimp on the roster of characters. You usually have no. a very large selection. It's actually kind of staggering how many characters they put in these games because it's so much work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and like, I, I, I used to be worried that like they couldn't balance. And I mean, yeah, they, they definitely couldn't balance all of it, you know, because back then you had an arcade release and you were pretty much done unless you were going to drop another arcade release. You know, there wasn't a patch that wasn't, you know, another full purchase basically yeah. uh so they would just make sequels and refine their system through sequels and the problem with that was with sequels come new rosters so you weren't really balancing the characters you were just taking them out <laughs> yeah no, it, yeah. it just occurred to me there's no other fighting game series with so many um actual numbered installments i mean they're you know they're up to fifteen, and that's not counting like the the couple of like side you know spinoffs that they've had, mm-hmm. right? So that, yeah. that's like a really interesting legacy to the series, right? There, there was no never like a super turbo, you know, like it's it's always pretty big uh, systemic changes from game to game, right? Yeah, um, I I think that they s and k just was like okay we know you like the characters but as developers we're more focused on like the system and i'm not sure i mean i'm sure other developers do that i don't want to like second guess them or anything like that mm-hmm. but i feel like s and k really just says like okay we're sorry you're not putting these characters in your number in our numbered sequel but hey we've updated the the, the, the mechanics a little bit right so try it out with these newer characters or try them out with the characters you were playing in the last one if they made it back in and so, yeah, they've, they've made a ton of sequels that way. And I don't think a lot of people really, I don't think a lot of companies have ever done something like that. I think they would rather just drop an update. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, doubt, I doubt it's exactly the same because they obviously do balance patches. But it makes me feel like uh, I once had a, a, a design mentor that was talking about that there is some confidence and strength in rather than like testing and iterating and changing things very small, just coming out confident and seeing if people like something and then if they don't just raring back and then just doing it again rather than being like oh do you like this do you like this do you like this and i that, like, even though like they like i said they balance it maybe there's some sort of energy there where to your point they're like yep we took a swing let's take the next one and let's just gonna keep doing that over and over <laughs> trying <laughs> to feel like they're gonna they get did. better <laughs> they yeah. were just and they weren't even checking to see if we liked it they were like here you go <laughs> see you in a year yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. There was at one point where they were like, "We're gonna release two games at the same time." 
Oh, they released Caleb yeah. 11 and Neo Geo Battle Coliseum practically at the same time. And oh, they were yeah. pretty similar games, too. And it was it, they were so similar that the console version of KOF 11 has Neo Geo Battle Coliseum characters in it. <laughs> they were just oh, like, oh, you like that, huh? We're going to put them in this system yeah. now. Like They were like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, they, yeah, SNK just, like, oozes bravado that way, I think. They were... They were like kings of what they were trying to do. No one could ever touch them. And the stuff they came out with back then, like, I, I, I still think a lot of that stuff's untouchable. I still think a lot of that stuff is like pinnacle fighting game uh, development. Like, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum is a game that deserves a re release. I think people would go nuts for it. The fact that you can't touch that game unless you own like a PS2 or have a PS3 with a Japanese PSN account or an Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's, it's wild because the game does actually yeah. have some really neat ideas, and the roster is just insane. Oh, that roster is insane. It's I mean, so uh, cool. You could be the robot ape from, uh, from the King, King of the Monsters, Monsters, baby. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they need to make need to drop. Always, always so good with rosters. Always so yeah. good with rosters. I think that's one of the most important reasons as to why it is that people, you know, gravitate towards so many fighting games in general. Because, I mean, like, you know, characters aren't just functions. So as I'm sure this has already been mentioned many times throughout the uh, FGC. But, I mean, like, yeah, like, characters, we have a lot of, people have long histories with them. Like, their personalities are really important. Their stories and backstories inspire people a lot. And they make people, you know, interested to play. But on top of that as well, they're just fun, you know? Like, yeah. you don't always want to play... You don't always want to play one character one way all the time. You can have another character with somebody else in teams with lots of KOF games too. It's a it's a really big thing. Like me personally, I just started playing. Um, I started playing some uh, Garo Mark of the Wolves, for example, with one hey. of my really, really, yeah really awesome. really good friends. And then I, I got I got really I got really into the game, and I was just like, yeah, I'd never I'd never played these characters before. A lot of the times, I'd never really heard of them. This was just last year because I only just really got into it then. But it's one of these things where like yeah, characters they can really draw you in and then sort of introduce you to the wider world in such a wonderful way. So. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really just glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that you were digging the rosters of so many of these games because it's a really important thing. It's why people love Smash. It's why people love Street Fighter. It's why people love Mortal Kombat. It's why people love so many different things. So, yeah, good, good to hear that for sure. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. you just had so many opportunities in KOF games to like really appreciate what those characters do. You know, like mm-hmm. like you said, you know, like you get so many chances. Like like with Street Fighter, like you know, you get a condensed roster by comparison, and mm-hmm. they are pretty extensive in their move lists and their tools. And then you get KOF rosters that are still extensive in their move lists and their tools, oh, which is like 52 of them, right? That was yeah. like the one thing I was wondering about. I was like, dude, how do you guys come up with all these archetypes? And there's a lot of crossover, but then there's those characters that don't have any crossover, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, me and my partner, Meta A, my commentary partner, <clears throat> were discussing this on a, on a uh, Twitch stream last week. And he's like, yeah, there's so many characters in 14 specifically that will have crossover tools with other members of the cast. And so when you're trying to figure out a matchup, a matchup against them, you can kind of say, okay, he's like fighting this one guy, but he has these extra tools, right? And so maybe I play this part of him the way I understand, and I watch out for that stuff and learn it as I go. And that's how you learn matchups, at least in my opinion, in KOF. But then there's those characters who just do stuff that no one else does. That are like, mm-hmm. what? Like that that's why I play Nelson in 14. Because Nelson is a character that literally is the only character that does what he does. He's, he's just a boxer. 
and he just runs in. He has no special moves except for a command grab and a, and a command dash that has full body and vulnerability for some reason. <laughs> uh, and n- it's hard to figure out the matchup against it because you're like, man, I've got so much stored in my brain from these 51 <laughs> other characters, and here's this guy who just runs in on me and punches, and I have to wait for yeah. it to be over. It's it's strange because I, I think the first time I got knocked down by a Nelson, I was like, oh, I felt this way the same way when a group bison walks up to me in CVS two, but worse, because <laughs> at least with bison, you're like, okay, he's either going to custom me or he's going to throw me and keep me scared over and over with Nelson. It's like, I don't know if he's going to command grab me. I don't know if he's going to do a touch of death on me. I don't know what he's going to do. There's like 18 different things that he could possibly do to scare you into like a scarier situation. So like it's, I feel like with, uh, with SNK games, like there's so much to think about. Whereas when I talk about like street fighter characters and matchups, it's like, okay, well it's almost like the same equivalent as like, okay, well paper beats rock, scissor beats you know, rock beats scissor. Mm. Like it's very like cut and dry, but with like SNK games, it's kind of like, well, you have to think about this aspect of them, but also this. It's like he's also paper, but he's also scissor. He's also rock, He's but he's also paper. Like it's like a sort of thing where you really have to think, okay, well, depending on where they are on the screen, my matchup changes as opposed to like Street Fighter games where it's like, well, if I'm fighting Geef, all right, I'm just going to run away or zone him out. Like it's a very like cut and dry thing. So you have to be a bit more creative when you're uh, plotting out like the matchups and stuff in KOF games, which is part of what I love about those games as well because it just gives you more to think about and i mean i don't know also the characters just look really cool man <laughs> like it's just like, yeah, no, that, like that's another like thing like uh yeah. you asked me earlier like you know how do i know if a kof game is going to be popular i'm like you put a cool looking character in there right like when they, yeah. when they dropped k-dash back in 99 i was like oh, oh man there are people about uh, to love this shit <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but that's one thing which i love as well the uh, the idle animations they have such character and they've got such a wonderful amount of like, expression for example when k Dash is like doing that sort of like neck roll that he does and he sort of like sort of moves mm-hmm. his head all the way back around and then back around to the side or when he's just got his glasses on looking all cool like using his fire attacks that's another one of my favorite characters actually like that's um in uh kof uh, what was it it's 2002 that i think i played with my friend as well like i'd play that character i'd play uh joe higashi and then I'd, yeah. I'd play a uh, kim i'd play i'd play kim as well I'd play all them, to- them yeah. guys together that's like yeah. my that's like my team but like yeah like I, I, that's one thing that i love like you can you can make a little squad of cool looking characters and then like they sort of like embody you a, a bit do you know what i mean like you can really put yourself in there and sort of feel the flow of the game and play the way that you want to play and express really well this game is so beautiful for that reason this series is really full of that expression that link between speaking, player and character speaking of player expression that's i mean we they, they all discovered at art eater why i love mature so much and it's because she's just evil and degenerate and i just like to destroy <laughs> people apparently so yep. like yep. It, it, it all yep. falls into to play but uh one of the other things i do like is like we talked about this before about certain idle animations and fighting games where a character can be doing nothing and looking really cool right so like yamazaki he has like one hand in his pocket and he's just standing there looking menacing, right? And it's just like, wow, that's super cool. But then you look at K-Dash and it's like, well, technically he's not doing anything either, but he's being cooler to like a totally different extent because of the neck roll. And then he kind of like adjusts his hands into his fighting position, you know, if you wait mm-hmm. like long enough. And it's just like, well, he's not really doing anything, but he's being himself, but it's so cool to kind of just stare at and admire. And you can do that with like, seemingly like dozens of characters in kof that all have different 
uh, personalities, you know, like uh, Goro, like before, like before Goro, I really didn't play a lot of grappler type characters, but when I saw his face, it was just like, this guy is going to break you. I need to play this character. I need to figure out because there's no expression. He's just Goro. That's like the Goro face. Like there's no. It's like people say happy, sad, angry. Then there's Goro. He's just this blank, <laughs> calm, focused stare where it's just like you come to me, I break you. And I was just like, I need to play this character. And then he ran, and I heard how it sounded. I was just oh, like, Gators, that's your baby. terror. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Terror. I was like, I need to play this character. Just just for that and i ended up discovering like a, a, a love for like pseudo grappler type characters in other games because of goro so like wow. that's the kind of impact that like a kof character design can have where it's like something that you normally wouldn't even give a second thought because it's shown to you in such a different way like it makes you more curious about it so like yeah like kof characters man like they really they just they just pull you in Regardless of what they are, they just pull you in. And, that, and this speaks a lot to the, like the kind of talent that was working for SNK at the time because yeah. they made so many characters and so many of those characters have just been iconic in one way or the other. You know, you have like the Orochinagi super from Kyo. You have K-Dash's neutral stance and his minute spike. You know, Goro just being Goro Daimon. Um, and it's not just with the fan base, you know, like there's a lot of developers that have like just aped techniques from from KOF. So I mean one of the first mm-hmm. things that I noticed in Street Fighter 5 was like like Nash has freaking genocide cutter. Yep. And I'm like, why does he have genocide <laughs> yeah. cutter? I think he got genocide yeah. cutter in that Power Rangers game now. I'm like, dude, I know that I know Rugal's <laughs> sick, but come on, man. The man have his thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they, they they definitely created just like timeless stuff and there's just so many reasons to enjoy kof and snk games outside of just playing them um and one of the things that like i always say i'm like you know if any of these characters are like like anime characters before they were kof characters i'm like dude they would be timeless anime characters you know can you imagine oh, Kate Ash was just an anime character before oh he was God. a fighting game character? somebody's like sick. just mad as hell they didn't come up with that <laughs> that's so true like he could carry a series on his own just because of his face For real They'd yeah. be like, oh yeah, that'd be like the that'd be like the new like Edgelord Weeb character, man. Oh my god, yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I can see I can see it already, just like all of the that's another thing as well, which I'm glad you mentioned. Like that sort of like Edgelord like weeb vibe, but it's such a popular thing. Like you can go onto any place online, like Twitter, uh Divin Art, like Art Station, like places where people will propagate and put their artwork out, you'll find wealth, a wealth of KOF art for that exact yes. reason. Because like people really just are drawn so much to the these characters designs as well not what it is not only just their personality but how well it's communicated through the designs and even just like throughout you know the animation there's a really really good sugar punch design video on kim cap one's pants and like the animation through that i'm a taekwondo practitioner too it's we do the same thing and like mm-hmm. as someone who's worn like dobok pants before just for for over 16 years now like they've animated that so so well so specifically because like that's what the pants feel like they feel exactly mm-hmm. like that they're, they're light they're airy when you throw in your kicks and stuff like that they make the sort of fush fush sound and like they're full of just you know the air which from from what you're kicking but when, as soon as you're done kicking and you do your little stances they move just like that so it's it's awesome to see the, the care and detail in there you respect it yeah yeah for sure it's really, really I'm, cool. I'm, I'm jealous i always wanted to have a pair of those pants today <laughs> cool oh dude they're, they're great 
They're, they're, they're <laughs> sick. They're absolutely sick. Yeah. If, if anyone's listening, just say, absolutely buy yourself some taekwondo pants, at least once in your life, because you you need to experience the, the breeze. It feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> just, just fit it into the regular rotation of the wardrobe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, w- I wonder if the the it's making me think that the character roster we've talked about before how some games that have rosters like kind of struggle to create memorable characters and i think it's like because of like the gameplay in a lot of say shooters doesn't have a good way of expressing the personality of of the character so it's just it's their design but it's also you get to i think james you talk a lot about um the ability to express yourself but it's in a way that a lot of the animation the move sets is, is part of the personality as well like the way that they animate when when they move but I, I like I, I look at that and I look at some games that struggle to create like five to six memorable characters and then KOF has made hundreds of memorable characters mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. Consistently, yeah. Uh, Dude, even mm-hmm. on their worst day, they created Xanadu. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like they don't know what they were thinking. They're like, screw it, we're out of ideas. What do you got? I got this ex-con, well, actually, no, escape con that thinks he's a messiah for a unnamed deity. And he's kidnapped two known felons. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he looks like he could have easily been in like Buckaroo Banzai or Cowboy Bebop. Like he could be like just just anything. Like he's but he's a character that just brings you in. You're just like, this guy looks insane. What is he about? You know, but, you know the, I went down the that moment, well when I was like, <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. The moment you see him, like you, you don't know his backstory, but like, you, like you, you get it. You get his personality. You're like, that dude is insane. Yeah, it, it I, just reads so clearly. Yeah. I don't know if he's insane or not, man. Sometimes I wonder, like, he's got to be talking to somebody. <laughs> like, I saw, I saw the Xanadu team ending in 14, and I'm like, I don't think he's crazy. I think he's actually talking to somebody right now. This might be a new villain later on in the series. Mm, like, yeah. Like him, yeah. him, Choi, and Chang just camped out in the desert, and he's like, you know, baby bird feeding them like peyote or something. <laughs> this is the oh, whoa, shit, let's dude. go. You need, to watch that. you need to watch that ending. That is the weirdest shit, dude. It's like some fear oh, and loathing in Las yeah. Vegas stuff. And and here I thought he was just anime Papa Shango, but I just. <laughs> nah, he's, he's like. He's beyond. He's like, he's that. like yeah. pulling some smoke and blowing it into their faces, like inhale this. I'm like, whoa, dude. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh my god that, that's another thing as well actually which i wanted to get into slowly but like the ways in which people sort of like get into these games and you know learning all about the stories of different characters and stuff like that it's all good because you know they've got this they've got this sprawling world in which you know multiple different characters from different series appear in the background we've spoken about that before all the stages like there's always different like throwbacks and you know like easter eggs of sorts so just one thing which i wanted to mention as well to you in terms of that like what are some of your like favorite you know story areas of like these games and all the rest of that like what are some of your favorite characters in general what are some of your favorite you know like plot beats and things which you've noticed throughout the game because you mentioned one there but that's a huge part of fighting games which doesn't necessarily get you know like spoken about as much all of the time because like we've got to remember like the plots of these games they can be important too so just wanted to speak about that for just a little minute like yeah what what do you think about that uh so i would say that one of the reasons why I got into KOF before I started playing it uh, competitively was the fact that their stories were super robust. Like, I remember, like, the Street Fighter stories and the Mortal Kombat. Well, I don't really remember the Mortal Kombat story until someone imparted to me what was going on <laughs> later on in life. But I remember there used to be, like, uh, just, like, entire documents on the Internet written up translating the story for KOF uh, through the Orochi saga. 
And I, I must have been like 12 or maybe 14 or something at the time. And I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, wow, this is freaking insane. You know, like these guys are like descendants of an ancient clan that, you know, fought a dragon that could eat deities and shit. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is pretty freaking cool for a fighting game, man. Like it's better than like, you know, Ryu just kind of walking off into the sunset after he <laughs> beats some guy named M- Vega. I'm going to call him Vega because that's the. The correct term, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just remember thinking, man, they put a lot of thought into the story, and I used to wonder like how it would translate into the actual game. And there's a lot of story beats in the game as you're playing through arcade mode that they weren't doing in other fighting games at the time, right? Oh yeah. In fact, I would say a lot of the reason why you see those cutscenes in fighting games now is because of KOF. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember like there being a lot of speaking lines in Street Fighter until Alpha. And then they started yeah. having, like, those little text conversations. But by then, there have been, like, what, four or five KOF games? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I I like sure I'm right the- Hold on a second. I want to I fact check myself. <laughs> I don't know. KOF started with 94, right? Yeah. Uh, Alpha came out in, what, like, 90... 90- 95. Oh, only one, oh, 95. Five? So one KOF game. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. But, no, still, but like, that, that lit a fire. But this is the two. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And also, there's, there's, there's been that... I mean, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You you could argue that KOF really started with like Art of Fighters and Fatal Fury, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is like ninety two. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there was always story more beats cinematic. in the fighting for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just uh, fun fact. I, I remember reading that uh, they, they used to do polls in like the old Arcadia magazines in Japan, and uh, everyone thinks you know golden era of fighting games nineties like people were super competitive, but the number one reason uh, people played is because they liked the characters and the story. Like mm-hmm. people would go to the arcade and like they would play and like, you know, actually want to see the story, you know, look over someone's shoulders. And yeah, they, they would release like those drama CDs and like, you know, manga, yeah. and, like all, all this stuff. Yeah. The, the stories well, for the, uh, especially the SNK game, super well, robust. Well, when I when I first played uh, Art of Fighting, I know this is like it going to sound like I should have known. But the, the part in the story where like King is revealed to be a woman a, as like a young me i was like oh my god <laughs> what is this <laughs> like but to your point like i got very engrossed in like the whole the whole story even at that point like even in like 90 92 or whatever so i think to, to your point it's <laughs> at, I mean, that, they took they were just like let's totally blow these guys minds let's blow everybody's minds right now we're gonna put this bouncer in this game and you're going to hit her with a special move and then her, her top's going to explode. And you're like, oh no, you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess in retrospect, people are like, oh yeah, obviously, but like young me, right? I, I like, I, oh no. No one knew. No one knew. Yeah, not the <laughs> first time you played me, man. Say, yeah. No one yeah. fucking knew. There was, there was no internet. Right? <laughs> yeah, nobody knew. No, no if anybody ever tells you they knew, they either work for SNK or they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of I mean, the coolest things as well, actually. It just the, oh no no no, just the, I was just gonna be really quick, but like one of the things in which like you guys like all all like know and understand like from those times, like for example, with me, like I said, like I I didn't uh I, I wasn't into these games like massively like growing up and stuff. I've only really really gotten into them over the past year, year and a half, two years. But like just that period of time, especially with a game like this, I can only imagine what that would have been like. You know, so many plot heavy, story heavy devices and mechanics and all the rest of it coming through. But then being able to speak about them not. all always through the sort of uh, 
the validity of the internet in a sense because like there's a lot of times now you can just google something and it's like okay cool that's how that is that's what that means that's what that is officially it's been recognized here here and here it's real it's official it's canon whatever but like i bet just speaking all the time like you just heard all kinds of random stuff from people like oh that character's actually that character or that character's actually that character's like dad or whatever like oh really like really whoa like so i I wonder about that sometimes like what was that what was that like because like we'll get into this as well but through the advent of like social media youtube and twitch and a bunch of other you know ways in which we communicate now obviously discord too shout out that but yeah like Mm -hmm. all these different things like making that change making that shift it changes the way information is disseminated outwards so i wonder how that's affected all you guys throughout you know the histories of your fighting game you know knowledges and careers how's that how's that been yeah Uh uh well i mean i mean obviously in the old days you had to talk to somebody you know like we didn't mm-hmm. have the internet and so people had to and, and this is a big issue even now technically but there was a time where people and i call it, it, it it's like the real dark ages we're in, we're cavemen in the dark writing on walls <laughs> just trying to figure stuff out and no one's got any information so everybody's just kind of just going like hey this works for me so you better do this like this just there was no real way to disseminate information unless you were in the scene, unless you were in the place where people were practicing these things and then imparting that information. And not a lot of guys were doing that. I mean, they were practicing, but they weren't imparting information. There used to be this saying called save that shit for nationals, right? Where people would just come up with some really grimy shit and then never tell anybody until like tournament time. Right. And then you find out too late. And and back then you had to do it because like, you know, everybody was a shark. So mm. when the internet started becoming a place for people to share that information, a lot of those guys' money well started drying up. You started seeing guys who were, you know, performing well, maybe have to work a little harder, right? Because everybody else was getting that information. They were, you know, just, and they were good at learning too, you know? That's a, that's the other part mm-hmm. of it, you know. You can get the information, but if you can't apply it, it doesn't matter. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, and the other big problem was like, you know, how do I believe this guy? <laughs> like, this yeah. is a, this <laughs> is the era where like people would say, oh yeah, my uncle works for Nintendo. Super Mario sixty four is coming out <laughs> in nineteen ninety two, right? Not the sixty four <laughs> game number sixty four, like the sixty four <laughs> sequel, crazy shit like that, right? <laughs> people say crazy shit, used to say crazy shit like that all the damn time, and so mm-hmm. you had to just kind of find your own way out there and so i mean that's what i did i never really took anybody's advice on fighting games until uh i mean uh, game faqs really you know and i don't even think that's Mm -hmm. a good place for information for fighting games but it was the first place i went to when i started playing kof 11 and i learned how to play a few characters because of that not super well but i was better it was better than just getting just doing random stuff you know i, I wanted to like have mm-hmm. a, a method to my madness by that point and so that really helped out and even then people were trying to tell me like oh you should be doing this instead and it, they weren't always right but maybe they were right for the situation um and so i would just say that the internet made things better but it also made things worse because that problem with people that are belie- believing people became 10 times worse now everybody's saying shit now everybody's got a youtube channel dropping tier lists dropping character opinions and i'm like oh what are you what are you basing these tiers on and it's like oh don't worry about that you know i'm like dude are you just saying stuff because you have a platform we all have a platform but i guess people you know want to hear it from you rather than the guy who might actually be practicing this stuff right so 
it's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword in that sense. We've I, got so many different outlets for information now. It's kind of hard to pick who to listen to. I, I will say, if my uh, my guy does not start with ASCII art of the game's name entirely <laughs> in text, <laughs> then I don't know if I'm going to listen. <laughs> like, this guy put some work into this FAQ, man. i got to give him some time. <laughs> it's got it's to be a, a completely straight text document with absolutely, like, just the most bare bones. It's like, well, I gotta, I gotta show some flair. I gotta show that I spent the time that my tier list is worth. Dude, I used to see the guys <laughs> when they were drawing a car- when they were drawing the move, they were doing the move list for these FAQs. There were two schools of thought. There was the down, like you know, the the abbreviations were like D, down up, DU, stuff like that. And then there were the guys who would draw out the stick motions with like text, where they would do like you know an <laughs> yes. I for down and then a yes. and like wow, Oof. so sick. <laughs> yeah, um, I think like coming from that era. Like, when I was trying to figure out what was going on in games, like, I basically suffered in the beginning from just mall scrub lies, where people would say that you could do a thing in the game, and then here you are believing their earnest, like, expression, like, yeah, man, Wolverine's got a command grab, and the screen goes dark, and he stabs you through your chest, and he says, goodbye, bud. And you're like, <laughs> and then you're, and then you're like, yeah, do like a fireball backwards with kick, and then you're doing it, and some guy's like pummeling you because the move doesn't exist, and then someone uh, says, Akuma has the raging demon. You're like, oh, that's BS, that's whatever, and then you come to find out that's actually true, right? That's so, real. I'm in so this like, picture and I don't like it. So, so, like, I, <laughs> so I went through this thing of like, okay, don't believe people in the mall because they don't know what they're talking about. But then, like, I think more or less before the internet, the first time that I really started, like, looking at stuff that made sense was there was a, a Street Fighter II strategy guide. And I think, uh, God, I think Jeff Schaefer, like, from Cali, like, L.A., and some other people had won the tournament. It was, like, a Super Nintendo tournament or something. So there was, like, some strategy in there about, like, how to play, like, fighting games. And I was like, okay, this sounds pretty legit. Like, maybe I'll go by this. But I didn't see a lot of publications that had, like, strategies and stuff in it until... I think there was one other guy that came before that. But then there was the Alpha 2 uh, versus Books Guide. And that was by all the guys in, like, SoulCal and NorCal. It was basically, like, the inner workings of Shoryuken and Evo were basically like going to like Sunnyvale and all that stuff. So that book was insane because it not only did it have immense amounts of like strategy and how to play the game, but it actually had like sections that had the art. Uh, I think that someone won like an animation cell from the street fighter anime movie of that tournament. I think Jason Wilson or, or one of the Schaefer brothers won, uh, like a cell from the the anime or something, but there was like all this stuff jam packed in this book. And I was like, man, like this is super helpful. And like, I took that book everywhere. I wore that book out. Like that was like my, that was the one time I felt like I was getting information that was actually correct because I made my friends hate alpha two. So (laughs) like that told me that like, okay, this is, this is actually working. And then like, you know, maybe a couple years after that, that's when the internet started to become, a bit more of a thing but like it was there was still that time where that save that shit for the national sensibility mm-hmm. was really strong um you know not to give like the longest history lesson but alpha 2 had that with uh choi not choi by 
doing the oh, biases. <laughs> so like, you know, that was a thing where people saw, yo, that works. Keep it to yourself. Like, yeah. don't mm-hmm. don't spread it. And I think the only place that stuff was being kind of talked about was uh, in the IRC days, like Pound Capcom. Yeah, and I mean, that was if you were cool with West Coast homies or you were cool with East Coast homies that had tech, you know, so it was still kind of like, you're not really going to get, you know, everything. And then, you know, once I think like, sure, you can became a thing. And then the internet became more like, like prominent, like people still tried to hold on to that sentiment, but like, you know, somebody's going to bark eventually. Somebody's going to be like, Hey, I found this. And just to to kind of piggyback off of what Hellpock is saying, like now everybody wants to talk everybody wants to like mm-hmm. be the person to like i figured this out or i discovered this and it's it's like now you have almost an overabundance of information but you have to have like a discerning eye to be like okay is this a reputable source is this you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. so it's like he's saying it's like it's both better but also somewhat worse depending on like what avenue I mean, for, you go so, to get your I was going to say specifically for KOF, specifically for KOF, this is a very prevalent issue because it's practically a new game, you know, it's practically a brand new series. There's going to be so many people coming in for 15 that they're going to want to know who do I talk to, to get a head start on this thing. Right. And there's going to be a ton of guys who are ready to provide them with information and not a lot, not all of it's going to be good information. Not all of it's going to be like from people who have been playing the game for years, who even, touched 14 you know i mean i for me that's that's my my measuring stick for 15 if i if a guy has played 14 and can break it down uh competently and i and and it starts and it vibes with the things that i know work in that game then i'm like okay he probably has um what it takes to tell people what to do in 15 uh but then there's also gonna be people that are just like hey i played a kof before and I got a big channel, so uh, let's yeah. let's see how far this goes, right? You guys like me, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, do this, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And it's... so that, I'm not saying don't listen to those people, but also just be weary that hey, yeah. maybe you get a couple other second opinions, maybe, right? And yeah. I, I don't, not for mm-hmm. me. I am not a reputable source. I'm a commentator and a competitor, but I'm also like I play like three characters only. I'm only gonna tell yeah. you how to play my characters. It's funny because mm-hmm. I, when 15 came out, I did like hell of post, but like I tried to make sure that I showed evidence of like, you know, how when the teacher tells you to you. show your work, like I always tried to make sure I had a clip or something to show off like what I'm talking about because my thing is, is like, I, I mean, and people in Art Eater probably say different. I don't necessarily consider myself an expert at fighting games, but like I, I'm relatively mm-hmm. knowledgeable. So like, I try to like show things to people because I, I want to help in whatever way that I can. But my thing is I always make sure that there's some sort of like optics for people to look at where it's like, oh, he's saying I can do this with Terry. I'm going to show them. And then we're like, oh, okay. At least he's showing me something mm-hmm. that looks like, uh, you know, it's a thing. Um, speaking so, of which, I had a lot to say about Terry, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> real quick, uh, real quick. I just wanted to add, though, James was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not an expert. But like when we play fighting games in college, James was like the final boss of the fighting game club. So I don't oh. put it out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's real good. Feeling. He's real good, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> the best, dude. The best feeling. 
I'm the best player in my friend group. And they're just like, dude, you're like a master at this. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Well, I mean, I was, I was like the, the bottom <laughs> tier of whatever, but we had some really good players in the club. I and mean, it's not to, not to, to say that there weren't some people that really knew what they were doing. Um, now, oh, I, my I buddies remember, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always played pretty casually. And then I, I remember like the first time I played James, it, it was like, I knew how uh, the characters felt in, in a manga when they're like, I, I can't land a single hit on this guy. It's like, he knows, <laughs> he knows what I'm going to do. And like, I mean, he did like, he got, he, he had all the reads. Perfect. It was, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. there's really levels to this. I mean, I, I knew that was the first time I, uh, since I was a kid, since like you know um, that 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 I faced like a, a competitive level player because uh, most of the people I played with were fairly casual, but then uh, uh, James, you really lit a fire under people. I think you, you got a lot of people to play, uh, you know, yeah. really take the game seriously, yeah, which which it makes was, it more good. fun, you know, in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it was it, interesting because I it wasn't something that was my intention because I remember like when I found out there was a fighting game club, I was just like, well, let me just see who's there because i'm still in tournament mode because this is like right around time when like arcades were kind of like shutting down a lot and like yeah you know it was almost yeah. like the arcade arcade team was gonna die so like i still had that mentality of like i have no idea what i'm walking into i could be walking into like a secret valley of killers that are like stronger than me i have no clue so like you know i'm playing and like people are just like oh my god and then like you know it became a thing where like I kind of did inspire people to become competitive players. And some of them are like as strong as me, if it's not stronger, like they, <laughs> like they've done stuff that I haven't even done. So it was just like, it was kind of cool for that to be like a thing that I totally didn't expect where I just fighting games for me became a way I met people and fostered like amazing relationships. I mean, Richmond is like one of my best friends, like Sean's awesome. Like, and we all kind of met because I beat the shit out of them. It's really weird. But like, <laughs> it's really weird. It's very John Wayne like thing, but like you know, fighting games can do that, man. They can uh, foster new relationships. You you hit somebody Absolutely. with a certain combo, and you know now they're your friend. You know it, it, it happens. You ju- you drop a tractor on them that now they're your friends. You know. <laughs> I, I got some stories uh-huh. about making friends in the FGC, but I'll save that for another time because it's way too long and storied and. Oh, uh, we, I, I want to hear this. I'll give you like the really like okay one. Like basically, like back in the old days, uh, I mean, people hung out. There were clicks and everything, but everybody was kind of just like, mm, you know, we don't be for anything like that but every now and then you like run into like people that are like hey do you want to do anything after you were done playing and it's like okay yeah sure so these became your homies uh at the arcade and then in in life afterwards right and you know i had a i had a couple of friends uh throughout my years and some of them were cool some of them are still my friends and some of them are just like well what the hell was i thinking uh hanging out with this guy and for as long as i did and getting into all that shit you know but i feel like it was part of what made me grow up to be the person that i am even the bad times you know uh and i mean i I won't get into specifics because like some of them are just like you know boring and the other ones are possibly uh have legal ramifications um but i mean you know you 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 do have uh a 
untapped potential in the FGC, I think. Um, and people talk about it all the time. Like we're talking about it now, making friends and whatnot uh, through competition. Um, but I also think that that's one of the least celebrated aspects of the FGC because a lot of people want to talk about where the FGC is going as far as esports is going and whatnot. Um, and for me, I just think about all those stories from back then where I'm like, I don't really care if it goes to esports, man. Like this is, this is kind of my life at this point, you know, like I have a life outside of it, but a lot of what I've done, uh, and with my life is, has been surrounded by the FGC. So if it goes esports or if it stays where it is, it doesn't really matter to me. I've been there and I've done that. Let's, you know, let's keep it going. Uh, I think of one story every time. Um, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So uh, right. it's around Street Fighter Four era, and um, around and I, you know, I had gotten out of you know my parents' place, and I was living on my own, and I was hosting gatherings at the house, and then through the gatherings, I had like a circle of friends that were melding with my non-FGC circle of friends, and one day we decided to throw a barbecue, right? And I'm like, oh, of course, you know, we're throwing a barbecue, like you know, for, it was a Labor Day, I think, right? And I'm throwing a barbecue, I'm throwing a party, I'm going to invite my regular friends over, my non-FGC friends, and I'm inviting my FGC friends over. We're going to run sets, we're going to get drunk, we're going to have a good time, right? And then somebody decides to bring, you know, other friends over, basically, right? So, like, it turns into this huge thing, and people are like, wait a minute, I thought only nerds played these games. The guys playing these games are pretty cool, right? You know, they're like... <laughs> Like the, like the, it was all dudes up at that point. Then the girls start showing up, and it's just like, oh, like everybody kind of has to take the take a minute to decide: do I want to talk to these new lovely guests, or do I want to keep playing sets in Street Fighter? And it's kind of a mix between that. And it was a pretty insane party because it just kept growing bigger. Because I live in a neighborhood that's right across the street from a college, so yeah. we're throwing this barbecue. There's sounds of Street Fighter coming out of the house. There's music coming out of the house. There's hella people there all the college students start rolling in. Right. And, and like my house just gets packed and I'm telling you, dude, like I go upstairs to the bathroom and there's girls in my bathtub. Like, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? How'd you even get in here? I didn't even see you come in. And they're just like, are you, are you the guy that's running the street fighter tournament? And I'm like, what? Get out of here. <laughs> get out of my bathtub. Get out of here. Right. It's insane night, dude. Like I'm outside just like at the end of it, just like, Oh my God. Just get him out of here, right? And I'm seeing, like, some girl's head hit my bathroom window as she's, well, we won't say what they were doing, but you can imagine, right? And I'm just like, this is impossible. <laughs> There's no way this is happening right now. That's FGC, <laughs> baby. Sometimes it happens. And so I, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying I miss it. I definitely don't miss it. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be a almost 40-year-old man with responsibilities and a day job. But I, I do think that, you know, FGC is something that can't be. It's it's hard to compare it to other things. It's 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 a one of a kind thing, you know. Sure. And it's built yeah. around one of the coolest genres of games ever. I I honestly think like you could just make TV shows about it. I think you could write a sitcom about this shit. It's so true, man. Mm -hmm. So true. I mean, you could take. I mean, they anything from the FGC and turn that into a show. Just the fact of top American players and their story when they went to Japan for the Invitational, that's a movie. Yeah. Like, in and of itself, back in the early 2000s. Like, even some other small little things that maybe other people don't know about. Like, there's so much that happens in that community that, like, 
you know, it's really captivating for people that are in it, but also people that could be on the outside of it that are just like, what is this thing? Dude, you could totally do like one of those like, you know, Days and Confused type movies where it's just like yeah. so many different stories happening at the same time. It's so true. At Evo 2010. <laughs> <laughs> the history. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, man. It, it, it would just be it's it's incredible. So, I mean, I'm, I know I said I was going to tell a story and I kind of did, but I don't want to take up too much time. Oh, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. OK, so so with that, <laughs> with all that buildup, let's let's talk about King of Fighters 15. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's get into it. All right. So King of Fighters 15 dropping and like, wow, dude, it's like so close. I think we got like I know. 19 days. We've been waiting for this like two like years, true. man. Yes. <laughs> two years. When it announced that at Evo 2019 with that teaser trailer, and then nothing for like almost an entire year, and then nonstop for the rest of that. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God, SNK. Like I whenever whenever SNK announces a new product, I'm always like in the best mood for like months. Cause I'm just looking forward to like all the people that are going to be competing in that and all the crazy shit that's going to go down and, uh, you know, commentating obviously, but just something new for the community to, to chew on. And 15 is probably like the biggest piece of meat we're ever going to get. Like, this is probably going to be the biggest KOF game ever. Um, wow. We've got yeah. the, the communities behind it. We got people who haven't played KOF in years that are behind it. We've got a ton of new people behind it, you know? It's got such good energy surrounding it. It looks good. Uh, judging from the beta, it plays really well. The net code is immaculate. Oh, my God. Yes. I know like, it sounded like, like I'm doing oh. a shill right now, but, dude, this is how I feel, man. Like, I have never felt I, this good about a KOF game in my life. I, I think the thrust of the industry right now for fighting game is that net code is in. Like, yeah. rollback net yes. code is the way to do it. It's no longer, uh, it's no longer a controversy, as it were. So um, <laughs> it's super exciting to see a lot of these. <laughs> These fighting games, like actually embracing making online play uh, tolerable. Uh. Yeah, no, and 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 the thing about that is, like, you know, I think we like Killer Instinct did it right. Killer Instinct was like, we got to make this playable online, and Keats will tell you all day. He's like, oh yeah, nobody wanted to get a piece of that. You know, they just ignored <laughs> it and they just kept doing delay based netcode forever. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right, you're right. But now they're they're on board with it, like you said, and. And, and I won't say in the, in the nick of time because this definitely would have been better like four years ago. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think there's a certain air of we don't need it because you're playing offline anyway uh, about these developers because mm -hmm. I think they knew it was shit and they didn't care. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. say. So there's there's definitely there's, there's part of me that like this is uh I mean I don't want to say it's the only thing but this is why I feel like community pressure for developers is actually good like even though sometimes the communities for games can act like entitled this is a case where I think it's good to keep talking about something that you think delivers the experience you want and then when developers do it actually celebrating them and giving them the credit for listening to the community I totally. I feel like that's actually this is a really good example of to your point developers didn't give a shit and now they're being like hey our players really appreciate when we listen to them and this delivers the experience they want yeah and in this in case case specifically i think that they it wasn't that they didn't give a shit it was more like hey this is working because if you compare their releases from like like 
12, 13 to 14. It's all delay-based netcode, but 14's netcode is like leagues above 13. Like it's, I say it's playable, like at least in a regional issue, in a regional sense, well, right? And I will say you couldn't even do that in 13. And yeah. you're, you're, you're totally right. Like from a game development, like they probably didn't give a shit. That's probably uh, hyperbole. But I, I mean, most of the time it's like being on the game design development side of it. Mm-hmm. It's probably like they don't understand how difficult this thing is they're asking or they don't understand how it actually works thing. Yes. So, so there's, it, it's probably not complete apathy. But to your point, I, I think you're totally right. Yeah, no, like and, and I've always been sensitive to that. Like, I, I, I do think that when when these games are getting developed and, and I'm not a developer, so I'm only guessing as a consumer, a hundred percent a consumer. And I'm, and I'm assuming that when you develop these things, you have a deadline. Cause I, you know, everybody's got a deadline. Yeah, absolutely. And if everything is supposed to be like, you know, in arcades and playing at home with your friends, uh, net play isn't always the top priority, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that we're in a situation that we're in and it is a top priority, cause it's the only way we're going to really enjoy these things the way they're meant mm-hmm. to be enjoyed. Uh, it, it is now becoming the norm and we have a talk we have a discussion about this as well on my stream almost every week with it i'm like you know rollback netcode is probably going to be like part of the advertisement game for a long time but eventually they won't even mention it it'll just be but the norm I, my, Standard, yeah. minor minor tangent on this is I, I think what you're actually detecting is like a weird happenstance positive thing coming from the pandemic which is that m- most games uh, and i'm sh- sure uh richmond especially knows this as he's working on one um they don't usually come together until like right before the game is about to come out like for mm-hmm. 80 90 of the game development oh, yeah. it looks like nothing yeah. um and, and to your point like especially for the technology side like the um the server side or the auth side or the the configuration side um, but the, from the pandemic perspective, what's happened is, to your point, it's become much more common and much more part of the marketing strategy to not do a big reveal, to yes. roll it out. And we, 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 we've been having more and more episodes about betas because companies are actually rolling out betas early enough mm-hmm. where it's not just a glorified final test. It's actually them because like the thing with like netcode and online stuff and technology and whatnot is like you can always like assume things but it's kind of like trying to figure out how how uh, shitty la traffic's gonna be you don't know <laughs> you don't know until you're on the highway so like I, I actually think this is actually really positive for the overall gaming community is that this 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 culture um where the development has had to happen at home and it's had to happen more over time and it has to happen online the developers are getting it out earlier and making it bringing people into the, the process and actually like allowing these these rather than it just being like a I don't want to mean this to be negative, but like a Call of Duty release where they just drop everything at once, and that's the game you get. Have a nice day. Um, so, I, I think especially for a, a closer knit uh, community like FGC, it's um, it's been getting really positive, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm, my my hats off to S and K because I, I don't think they were stubborn about it, but I also think that. No, no, they were. In fact, they were the opposite of stubborn about it. You know, because they were just like, we're just gonna add rollback to ninety eight UMFE. We're gonna add it to two K two UM. Yeah, that's true. Carl Walker the Wolves. Nobody yeah. asked for it, but hell, here you go. Yeah. We're gonna put lobbies in that bitch. <laughs> like what? All right. Yeah, yeah. That was like, that was big. It, it, that it, was big, and, and it was big, and like a lot of people appreciated it. They were just like, dude, this is what we've been asking for from other people. But right. since you're doing it, we're gonna try these games out. You know. 
I'm, exactly. I'm going to need them to not let the lobby designer from Arc System Works anywhere near KOF, please. Show Sean with the shots. Show with the shots. Let's go. Oh, man. I didn't know Sean. You firing shots on our earpods just now? Oh, my gosh. How about that DNF duel, baby? Yeah. We, we, can, we, can, we, can leave, we can leave it there and move on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's bring it back to 15, then. Let's bring it back to 15. Let's oh, no, do it. Cool. Yeah. 15 cool. is something like, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about my impressions of it. So I already knew I was going to like it going in because it looked like it kept a lot of what made 14 great, and they just improved upon it. And then I started playing it in the first beta, and... None of the characters I normally use are in, were in the first beta, so I'm being forced to not learn new characters, but like, well, other than Dolores, but uh, play characters I don't normally play with. But even then, I was like, damn, this feels really good. It wasn't the net code wasn't perfect at the time, so there was definitely some hiccups there. But the overall feeling of the game was like, yeah, this is exactly the next graduation from 14 that I was expecting. And then we move on to the second beta, and I'm like playing Terry. I'm thinking like, dude, this is the best KOF game ever, dude. Hmm. You made Terry like this strong. And, and, and for me, that's a good measuring stick. Cause Terry Bogart is like a kind of character. that's like the every man. He does everything. You know, he's a Swiss mm-hmm. army knife. And if he's good in a game, it's probably a really good game. You know, he's mm-hmm. you're never going to be mad losing to Terry. It's just by his design. No. He, he's not going to just grime you out. If you get touched, he's going to hurt like hell. Sure. But, He's not going to be like, oh, God, I got hit by the Terry Unblockable. Like, what? That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, true. So it, it feels like, man, this is on such a good track, like, just as a game on its own, it, like, it, on, online aside. And I'm just I'm just so happy that they're, they're able to just continue to build upon what was already a great idea with 14 and just say, you know, let's just make these characters good, you know? And, and and this goes back to, like, the tier list discussion where now people are talking about, like, well, who's going to be, like, top tier in 15 based on what we've seen in the beta? I'm like, bro, we've only seen, like, 30% of the cast. Like, we have literally <laughs> not seen yeah. the lion's share of the cast yet. Like, Terry, K-Dash, uh, you know, Isla, they, they might be good for that sample size, but we, we haven't even seen freaking... Uh, uh, on hell yet. We haven't seen Kula yet. We haven't mm-hmm. seen Yuri yet. I'm guarantee you, Yuri is going to be the first week like uh, scrub hammer. It's oh like, yeah, for sure. Stuff like that <laughs> yeah. is just like I I'm salivating over that right now because this system is totally built to just allow these characters to do more of their shit that they ever could do before. Because now you don't need Maximo to do EXs. You got EXs available at all times. Oh and my god, yes. It, it's, oh. it's it's just like you please, man. This is what we wanted. That's like the only thing I wanted from 14 was like just give me my tools. I don't want to yeah. spend money to use the tools I already have. Yeah, so having said, that, sure, here you go. <laughs> yeah, having that freedom was one of the the biggest things that like called out to me when I got a chance to play 15 and it was like wow, this game actually gives me freedom in a game that was based on a game that already allowed a particular level of degeneracy and disrespect, like now I can just be completely myself playing 15. And I went through that with the first beta where, I mean, I'm a kill player, I'm a kill main. So, you know, I was all about trying to like terrorize people with, uh, with kill. And I found out most of his conversions worked. Like I was really at home with him and uh, being able to play KOF 15 with, with rollback was like, 
super great. But then that second beta rolled around and uh, I don't know, man, I think I'm starting to, to form a love for Terry that I'd never had before. Uh, it's, it's great, man. It's, the, it's, it's uh, crazy. It's like, I mean, you can just, you can just do stand D into max and do like 9,000 damage. And it's All just right, like, <laughs> why? Like, like part of me is like, I want to ask SNK, why do you think this is okay? But part of me doesn't like, because it's so cool for him to just kind of be able to take up and occupy that space in that particular way where he can be aggressive. He can pummel you, but also his neutral becomes that much more terrifying because it's like, I don't know. I mean, I was with punishing people with standy in the HD combos. Like I was chunning and thirst, right? Like, and I've never felt that feeling with Terry before, like ever. Where it was just like I had that kind of power in neutral, you know what he I mean? Can do so stuff, like, right? Yeah, he can he can really do stuff, and it's like the thing is is like if this is the way that the this bare bones part of the roster that we don't even we haven't even seen the whole thing, but if these characters, this little bit that you're showing us, is this strong and this good, that means that like the the time of discovery is going to be amazing for this game. Like, like there's so many characters that we haven't touched yet. And it's like, once they get into the mix, like who knows who's going to be, uh, you know, top tier. I mean, you know, me and my friends would joke about mates and coon in the beta, but it's just like, well, how does he deal with like character X? You know what I mean? It's like right now he seems super good, but it's like, if they're giving everybody the same tender, loving care that the people got in the beta in the actual pool roster. Yeah. This game is this game is going to be great. Uh, I really feel like if this is, if there's a KOF game to get into, like for new players, like this is the one like, cause you know, it, it gives you enough of a introduction to the game and into the systems uh, with, you know, auto combos being how they are because they, they do enough damage that like, they're not completely overpowered, but they're enough that like, if someone's using auto combos in a match, you gotta kind of respect them. Like mm -hmm. you can't just like be like, "Oh, I'll take this little fifteen percent love tap, and then I'm gonna hit you with a TOD." It's like, no, he's doing. They're doing damage on you, so like it gives them a certain type of confidence where they're like, "Oh yeah, like I can play this game." And I think that that's really important, especially for a game like KOF, because yeah, you know, there's a huge misconception with KOF in terms of, like, accessibility and whether or not people can play them easier than, like, Street Fighter or easier than Marvel or other games. But I think that SNK has sort of filled in the boxes, so to speak, where a new player can pick it up and they can still feel confident and have a good time just as much as, like, an experienced person. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that, well, in, as, it, as it pertains to making it accessible, uh, SNK has always worked uh, at making their games accessible, um, accessible, excuse me. Um, I would say since 11, because the input oh, yeah. system for like 2002, like super strict. And you started to feel that loosen up a little bit in 11, right? And then it loosened up a lot more in 12, a lot more in 13, a whole lot more in 14. And then 15 is just like, yeah, man, like we just gave you the world execution window is like the or rather the buffer window super thick um damage is easy to do and we gave you like four auto combo strings that you can use at your leisure um like they they've been on the ball with this for a very long time when a lot of, where some people weren't i think um so i feel like 
Yes, if there's a KOF that a new player is going to get into, I think they should try 14 right now. They still got 18 days to try 14. That's just true. To get yeah. ready. But That's yeah, true. 15 is going to be the one. 15 is going to be the one. Yeah, mm. like it. It's it's something where like because I played. I mean, I played a lot of the beta. Like I. I yeah, I played a whole lot of the like more than I expected. Where it's just like, oh wait, did I sleep yesterday? Like that kind of thing. And you know, I played some players that like you know ranged from super seasoned to someone who really understands footsies but doesn't know like uh, like the specifics of like combos. But they were using auto combos, and it was just as scary as fighting somebody that was like a seasoned seasoned player. So it's like. It's, it's, it's exciting to see how that can kind of form because I feel like this particular game, it's like it's going to be the KOF that a lot of people are introduced to unless they play 14 first, you know, mm-hmm. like if they see a sale or something for the game. But I feel like it's going to be a lot of people's introduction to KOF. And I feel like even if they see someone do a touch of death combo, even if they see someone do something like really insane – they're still going to feel like within their own tool set in their beginning stages that they can contend with people. And it doesn't feel like it's game breaking or like, oh, why don't you just do auto combos and you're fine. It's like it's an option that's there. If you want to use it, you can use it. If you're getting hit by it, you respect it by default because of the way the game is designed. It, nothing feels like it's imposing on one another. It's kind of like everything feels like the way it's supposed to feel. Uh, and I think that's super important for a fighting game that has that many characters and that many systems in it. Couldn't say it better myself, man. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. I just feel like feelings around it have been just like super positive. And I and I'm more of like in a front facing position here because like because of my 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 history of commentary, uh, I've become kind of a face in the scene. Um, and a lot of people just assume I would love it because it's KOF, and I mean they're kind of right because I do <laughs> I do just love KOF, but just no like just just playing this game, um, the times that we were allowed to, it is just I, I've gotten like this this feeling I haven't had since like 2017, you know, or like when 14 first dropped, and I was super excited to learn everything about all the characters in 14. Now I'm really excited to learn all about all the characters in 15, and I'm also coming from a more competent standpoint. And I think the whole community is too, because, you know, we talked about sharing information and whatnot. And I think one of the best things that KOF 15 has going for it is that unlike the other releases, its core player base is totally different than how it used to be back then where like no one was creating content. No one was really sharing information. And like that kind of came about in the middle of 14's run where like you would see, people start creating guides around that or older KOF games. Now all that stuff is just like congealing together to just crash into 15. And I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out of that. I think the new players are going to be in good hands for the most part. I know I talked earlier about, you know, being careful who you listen to and I still think you should be, but it's going to be a lot better than it would have been back, like back in 2017. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. 
I just wanted to get into something very quickly, actually, just the fact that, like, we've spoken so much here about this, uh, about this beta, but, like, I just wanted to mention the fact that it got a new character in there with Dolores. I've been checking that character out a bunch of because of the design I quite like, but on top of that, too, the fact that we've got another character with some nice, like, sand powers and things like that. The way that KOF characters fight, just generally as well, there are so many different ways of fighting, and I wanted to get into that just briefly, too. Just with regards to different martial arts, some characters being able to fight with, you know, some kind of like really just brute raw strength, some characters utilizing, you know, like elements like Cooler Dam, for example, with ice, just all kinds of different characters out here doing all kinds of stuff. Benny Mara with his electricity, you know, everyone's got something cool. So just with regards to that and Dolores being new as well, how do you guys feel about that? Like the advent of newer characters and the addition of them? How, how, do, you, how do you feel about, the, about that in terms of the roster and the growth of that so far? Uh, well, so I feel like they keep doing it. I don't know how they keep doing it, man. Like, yeah. I, I've always asked myself how many different fighting game archetypes can exist in a game mm-hmm. or even in, in the, the world, basically, right? Before you just start, you know, maybe rehashing some ideas. And, you know, there are some rehashed ideas here and there in KOF games. But I feel like these characters specifically are fresh enough that I'm like, wondering like where did these come from you know like isla i definitely feel like that that's just something that so came to somebody in a dream or something right mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like yeah let's just put a character in kof that has a double jump and she's got you know some uh disembodied hands that can go super far just like you know kind of like verse uh and she's also a tagger <laughs> like what mm-hmm uh dolores i i I would kind of see her as kind of a i mean it's really hard to nail down what she really reminds me of Mm. i was reading some comments before some people said that she reminds them the of kind of like a a bayonetta mixed with like toff from uh from avatar kind of thing like two characters like you know one very yeah one's very interesting in terms of their like motion and movement and then you're the one utilizing that earthy muddy type of power that like Mm -hmm. elemental utilization there that uh the terraforming and the tripping of people the utilizing of the sand compacting together a bit a bit kind of like those gara vibes naruto type thing too all all of that together kind of but yeah yeah no i'm sure there's like plenty of inspiration to draw from but i'm just like i'm always amazed at how snk can just create these characters and they just feel super fresh and if i do find some crossover it usually takes a while before i realize that some things are overlapping like that um but i think it's great for the game i think it's great for the game you know like a lot of times you might find that newer characters in kof aren't so well received like a lot of people were not despite as much as how i like a lot of the new characters in 14 they didn't receive a lot of the new 14 characters very well shune being the most like at least visually based damning uh example like a, a lot of people just don't like the way that dude looks um mm. but he's the main character so he's, we're stuck with him um and but I, I think i think it's been healthy for the game i think he's been healthy for the game i don't know where they would look looking back on it i'm like yeah this makes perfect sense i don't know where else they could have went unless they were just going to do like another dream match where they just rehash a bunch of old characters in a new in a new system which you know that would have been cool too but I think for the longevity of the series, they needed to do something like Shune. And mm. I mean, I'm a, now I like the guy. I'm I'm thinking about picking yeah. him up as my third character. Yeah, he's uh he's got some really interesting uh gameplay elements. Like I feel like Shune is his own function. He's he's definitely not a 
a clone of anyone else. It's like, yeah, like he's got extended hands similar to Verse, but you know, much like Isla, the way that these characters are played are completely different in terms of the space that they occupy, like what it is that is optimal for them. Like, uh, they, they, they actually were a breath of fresh air, um, to KOF. So, I mean, as much as, you know, Shune gets the hate that he gets, like, you know, he's a necessary thing to the game. And I think he's a really good addition. And if anything, it shows that they're, they're able to make new characters just as cool as the older ones. And the, the more that they do this, we're going to get more, uh, interesting ways to play uh Dolores man like Dolores is like Bayonetta Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Kukri Mm. all wrapped in one but still its own thing where you just think very differently once you start to hit buttons with her and in terms of like what you can do and even on like a non-competitive side just experiencing her visually is such a like fresh thing for uh for KOF so you know, like you could just go to training mode and just do her moves and just, just look at them and stare at them and just be like, wow, this is like super cool and just like different. So, um, yeah, like I, I think I think Dolores is actually pretty cool. Um, I mean, I put a little bit of work into her. She's got some disgusting stuff. So, like, <laughs> like uh, I feel like people who are scared of Kukri are also going to be scared of, uh, of Dolores for sure. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, that's one thing which I wanted to just sort of just get out of the way because I just had to ask, you know. Listen, we've got health pockets on the show. I can't not ask about Dolores. I can't not ask about some of these things. But yeah, just moving <laughs> forward. So I've got to do it, brother. You know, I, I had to do it. It's all good, man. It's all good. I had to do it too. I had to do it too. But yeah, just to move forward just slightly, just because I just want to make sure that we can get through to all this too. Uh, we're going to speak very briefly now just about some of the advice that you guys or, or that we all would have for players or newer players coming into the, these games, and especially as these games are going to be due to come out and release quite soon i believe what was it february 17th of 2022 if sean got that correct it was that the release date for this coming through yeah the official one, yeah there's so. early access for people pre-order for the 14th but the 17th of course is when the like the true official date yep absolutely so now we're going to move forward into that then so just yeah what kind of advice we'll start off with you if you'd like hell pockets but yeah what kind of advice would you have for players just just getting in so for example just picking up kof 15 first time ever playing it what would you say to them yeah. So this conversation goes hand in hand with the KOF is too hard conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll I'll keep it brief because I've I've spent hours talking about this in the past, so I'm gonna decondition <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the only thing I can really tell you is that you're gonna probably lose <laughs> a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's the KOF is this thing where you're they're, like I said earlier in the podcast, they make characters and they bring them back and they're incredibly faithful to those characters. And because of that, a lot of legacy players come into these games and they get to run their game like they ran it back in 98. Not exactly like right. that, but, you know, they have a better grasp of it than you ever would at that point. Just just accept that, you know? and and I, And I also think that you, a lot of people, a lot of new players need to accept that you can't come into a fighting game and just be good. Like, it just doesn't work like that, you know? It, it's never worked like that with any fighting game. You know, if you play a bun- against a bunch of other new people and you happen to beat them, it's like, yeah, then you can be the best among the new people and there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's, you know, brag about it, whatever, right? That's part of the learning process. But if you come into KOF and 
you happen to run across, you know, Shao Hai, just know he's going to wipe it, you know? <laughs> and, it's, and, and I just say Shao Hai because he's a recognizable name, obviously, right? But then there's guys yeah. like, you know, T.C. Yoshi from SoCal, who is a you know, right. noted KOF player, and you might run across him, and he might beat the shit out of you. In fact, he probably will. And you don't need to worry about, like, oh, my God, I got beat by some guy named T.C. Yoshi. Who is this guy? I'm like, I'm like, and then I, it's just people need to just abandon their egos, I guess. They need to go into this with a fresh mm-hmm. mind, a fresh pair of hands, and forget what they did in previous games in terms of, like, you know, accomplishments and accolades. Remember the fundamentals, sure. Remember the strategies that might have worked in other games because they may transfer over to this as well. But just treat this like an entirely new experience otherwise. That's that's all I can really say because everything else is just, you know, a deeper dive into those themes. Absolutely. That's some good advice just generally, honestly. Like, just with regards to how it is that, for example, again, I've been working on a martial art now for 16, almost 17 years of my entire life. And when you are in a position like that, you can sort of look back and break it down over the years. But, like, having that open mind, as you've mentioned, that is incredibly important with regards to learning and intaking information. You can't go into anything thinking, okay, I already know how this, you know, works. I'm going to be, like, good at it in X amount of time. I'm just going to put in this and it's going to be fine. Like, no, you know, you'll, you'll find all kinds of new humps and bumps along the road. You'll meet new people who will change your perspective with regards to all sorts of techniques and different things. And, yeah, you'll just, uh, you'll, you'll learn more the more open you are to learning, if that makes sense. And just as, as long as you're able to keep that mindset with you, you'll continue to, continue to go far. I'm sure that you've seen all kinds of players come through the scene and go out of the scene and come back in the scene or go out of the scene again. And, you know, like with regards to that, you need to be able to be flexible with your approaches. You need to be able to learn, you know, OK, how does this work and be able to take criticism. But also on top of that, if you're going to give critique too, you want to make sure it's constructive too. So there's all different areas of like, you know, how it is that people learn. But having those those soft skills in, in a sense and those social skills too, they're very important with regards yes, to, yes, you know, making entirely. friends and, and, you know, yeah, and getting that, getting that information because you know no nobody wants to no nobody wants to you know like try and help and know it all you know like no no, no one no. nobody wants to yeah ex- exactly so you you've got to find out ways in which you can find that information and then build upon it but do so in like a do do so in a cool way to f- find ways to keep on improving and yeah learn from people and be grateful to learn and just want to learn more definitely yeah. and, and don't make any tier lists it's pointless it's pointless don't do it don't do it it's really tempting the algorithm is like compelling you but don't do it, no, it my oh. interactions bro yeah <laughs> don't do it man. oh man it, it honestly it reminds me of like the mew under yeah it, it, it reminds me of like the mew underneath the truck in pokemon like meta like just like that that whole time of like people being like oh my god this is a real thing okay cool check it out it's like not a real thing it's like yeah just just reminds me of that for, for real there, <laughs> there are lots of people who know what they're who do know what they're talking about especially with regards to like you know their histories with with regards to the game and stuff but yeah it's not um you, you're not going to get all your answers just from playing the characters that are ranked under s it, it doesn't work like that so yeah, yeah. The one thing I'm, I was going to add to what you're saying, AJ, is like, in some cases, even if you play a character that's an S-tier character, if that character doesn't mesh with how you play or how you approach the game, then you're going to be in a situation where you're forcing yourself to play a character that's not comfortable for you. Um, mm-hmm. You might actually be better with a high mid character, a mid or a low tier character where you're so good that 
you make that character look better than a low tier because it something about that play style is uh, more comfortable or conducive to how you want to play. So like, you know, when you, when people look at these tier lists, you know, sometimes they think this is only the character that I can play. And it's like, no, it just means that these characters are easier to play in most cases. Um, but you can still experiment with other characters that might be considered less than but what you bring to them could be something that potentially changes the scope and meta of the game you never know um absolutely you know don't it's like you can consider tier lists but also remember that tier lists change especially with dlc and season content now like you know a character could be a god like for one season and then the next season they could be complete garbage benny There you go. Right. So just, you know, keep that in mind. You know, uh, you know, Hell Pockets brings up a lot of different things. Go into this with an open mind. Um, have fun. If you feel like you're in a safe environment where you can ask questions, ask questions. Um, there's plenty of people out there that do want to help people. If you see that they have a Twitter thread and they're actually really giving good information and they want to help out. You know, feel free to talk to these people, man. Like, we want more people to play fighting games. We want people to enjoy them and experience them on a level that is good for them. Not necessarily ours, you know, because you might not want to go that far. You might just want to know some useful things and play with your buddies, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just, you know, we just want people to remember fighting games are great. I mean, Tokido, that statement is so simple, but it's so strong. Like, fighting games are just great. We just really want people to experience that, so... You know, have fun, man. Play KOF. Play KOF 15, 14, 13, whatever one. Just play KOF, man. <laughs> Just don't play 12. Play I, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was with you until that point. No, I'm, just... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one thing to mention. I've got one thing to mention just with regards to what you're saying because you made a really good point there. Um, especially with regards to, like we said, uh, playing characters just like by tears and stuff and like why you shouldn't do that. Uh, I'm sure people who may or may not know, but there's a, char- there's a player out there called Hotashi and he utilizes this character called Nagoroyuki. Oh, yeah. And currently, Nagoroyuki is literally like... Uh, is full he's not he's not very like well regarded like TOI specifically he's like 16th in terms of the uh, tier utilization here on event hubs for example if someone saw that for the first time they'd be like oh whoa this character's not that good but N- uh, Nagoroyuki's utilization but in being in a Hotashi's hands when he's playing that character he is absolutely like a monster he's winning massive tournaments he's doing amazing amazing things literally just won another tournament like the other day like with this character as well so listen don't worry about like the uh, the number that's like next to the character's like name like Mei is first for example and then you might think, oh, I'm going to go ahead and play Mei. She's number one here. Or I might play Saul. Saul's number two here. Or Ram. Ram's number three. But no, play the characters that you think look cool. Play the characters that you think that you can have fun with. And yeah, just enjoy yourself. Because again, another thing which I learned recently too, in terms of, for example, let's say Street Fighter Five or just other games, a lot of the time people play that game. The, the main reason why that game gets played, it's not for the online. It gets played the most because of the casual experiences that people have with the game. Most people don't even ever play any ranked games in that game. They don't. They just play casual co-op at home. That's what they do mostly. So, I mean, yeah, it's a huge thing that a lot of people sort of get tripped up on when they're first jumping into games. Which character should I play? Are they good? Me personally, I say this to people or I say this to myself even. I go go into the game's training mode or whatever and just test everyone out. Just play everybody, see what the moves are like, see who, see who you think looks cool, and just, you know, enjoy yourself, have fun with it, and then make your choices because it's not a race, it's not a rush. So take your time. Yeah. 
And, and you guys have basically summed up the one thing that I've always told people that want to get into KOF as far back as 13 and most prevalently in 14 is like you always want to pick a character that does the thing that you like to do in fighting games. And you've got in 14, you had 52 characters to choose from. And four and fifteen, you got thirty nine at base. Mm-hmm. There's going to be somebody. There's going to be somebody. There's going to be somebody that you like. So many characters. Absolutely. There's so many characters. It's so good. Yep. <laughs> so so. Marvel, uh, man, like everybody picked top tier in Marvel, but when I played, I started playing Marvel. I was like, I want to try out uh, Ling Ling. What was her name? The Hishinko. There we go. I'll try out Shinko. She's got a cool yeah, little yeah, air yeah. dash. I like doing little air dashes in fighting games. Let's try that out. She sucked. But I was like, I like playing this character, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I actually talked about this a bit on Twitter at one point. Uh, in Alpha 2, Guy was kind of ranked pretty low, uh, you know, for really? like years. Yeah, for oh, a long okay, time. Okay, I'm about to say, like, I remember like, early later years, on, it got like, real different. Yeah, it got real different. Um, but Japan kind of was already on that. Like, Japan was just kind of like, yeah, like, we're... We're here. We're playing Guy. He's good. And then slowly but surely, people started to pick up and realize he's hella good. So, like, sometimes the tier lists, they change for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes, and you shouldn't allow that to influence who you play. If you mm-hmm. love a character, if you really like how they feel, and you really feel at home with them, just just go with it, man. Uh, I- that's... That's all I can really say about this that. Is, this is where I can reveal the mini game that I play in order to not be good at fighting games and play characters I like. It's you get the character you're enjoying and you're like, all right, I'm not going to win, but I'm not going to make it fun for my opponent to win. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I played. This is how I play James, by the way. That's a great mentality, Absolutely. actually. I mean, I usually go into fighting games just thinking, like, I'm going to piss this guy off. I don't care if I win or not. I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm confident in it that I can pull this off, but that's it. That's all I got. I saw a tweet recently from some from somebody, and um, they were they were so someone was playing someone in Strive, and the person was like clearly better than them, but they were beating them just doing like random things. And they said to them afterwards, "You're trying to beat people. You're trying to like five D chess people who just want to fling their shit at you, and that's why you're losing." And they left. It stuck with and it stuck and it stuck with that person. And they were like, "Whoa, like they're right. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to overthink, and I'm just getting fucked up by like random things. They're, they're just beating me with like random things, which I wouldn't really think about. I'm trying to you know." over optimize in a sense and that's another thing as well like sometimes just play just have fun throw some stuff out and like it's not the end of the world you know like your heart's not going to stop if you're losing the game you don't lose in real life you know like so just just enjoy yourself and just see how it goes like you don't have to know all of the frames you don't need all of the data on deck you don't need the matchup to be 100 percent in your favor every single moment of every single match like the footies do not have to be 100 percent perfect on day one like just just relax yeah I, I will say i have a story from when i was playing the dnf dual beta and I was playing the Kunoichi, and I was playing someone that had clearly been playing the game for, like, all day. Um, it was just killing me, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to get really good at the teleport input. <laughs> and uh, we had been playing, like, three or four games in a row, and after that, you just, like, rage quit. Like, it didn't even do Oh, it. no! <laughs> in the beta? Oh, come on. It, well, he was playing the Crusader, uh, and I just, oh, like, I was like, I was they don't like, deserve anything. Right? So I, I was like, I was like, all right, I can't win. I'm getting hit from across the screen. But what I can do is practice because there's no training mode in the beta, right? So I was like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. practice the input to get the teleport right um, and getting the rolls right and stuff. It was actually pretty fun for me, but I could tell that like it said, you didn't even wait, you just rage quit. And I was like, 
this this was an enjoyable match. I enjoyed this. This guy, this guy, yeah, one hundred percent. That that was me. Was that was me with Ranger? Like I, I messed up, my, I messed up a few people, and like they, I did get a couple of a, a couple of rage quits myself on there from different people. So it's one of those things, especially in games like that, they've got a kind of a level of like a not. It, it's kind of like a specific kind of jankiness, kind of like like you said with Crusader. You know the whole like wall bounce in into hit into wall bounce into lightning hit into wall bounce into hit. Like it's kind of just a bit crazy, but like I don't know. Like there's a there's a part of that that makes it fun. Yeah, really, really cool. If, but if there's one like thing which you like to, to do. If it's what you like to yeah, do, then yeah, that's what that's, that's what it. That's it. That's it. Well, there's one thing which I wanted to move into very, very briefly, just as we're about to wrap up soon, but we have one more thing to say, or at least I do. But, like, there's a story of how Angel was created. Like, the backstory for it is initially quite funny. I'm not sure. I'm sure you, I'm sure a few of you guys will know about this, but I'm not sure if everyone who's listening will. So, there was an interview for, on bonusage.com from a while ago, back in 2016. And, yeah, like, uh, gives a bit more information or in just general uh, stuff about the relationship between Evoga and SNK. But yeah, uh, the character Angel, it's mentioned often that like due to her physical appearance and like Mexican roots, the creator Angel from King of Fighters came about due to a bet between the collaborators of Evoga and SNK. And pretty much the first time they traveled to Japan, they got taken to an arcade place called Neo Geo Land, and like with the goal of putting them against the SNK staff in KOF 98. So they had to actually play uh, those, those those staff that like, created that game. So it's like their whole thing. And the funniest thing about that, obviously, if you know it's your game, the staff members are going to be pretty good at it, right? And I'm sure they were, but they got destroyed. <laughs> they got absolutely destroyed and it caused a big annoyance at, uh, at SNK themselves. And the second time they traveled to Japan, it, it, again, at the end of the meeting, they decided uh, development of Rage of the Dragons, which they were working on. Uh, they had a They had the idea the um, Angel uh, Torres, CEO of Evoga, uh, a company that helped during the development of uh, ROTD, uh, who was the person who beat the SNK staff, challenged them to KOF 98 again. And if he lost, he had to bet. And they, they had this bet, basically. They had to let SNK design a team, they had to design a character for the game ROTD. And also, then their boss would have to pay $5,000 to the president of Brezosoft, another company involved with the, with the development of that game. But in the end, the match was on, and they weren't the same players that the, the uh, Angel ended up playing. But they got beaten again. They literally got beaten again. And so with that <laughs> happening, they ended up having to create a character in their name this time. And they did. And that was Angel. So, yeah, that's, just, that's, one, uh, that's, one, of the, that's one of the funniest things about like the, that game's uh, creation and that character and stuff. So... Yeah, we, we, I, just want to, I wanted to get that in there just because, like, with regards to how it is, these characters are made and what it is people know about them and stuff, that always just makes me laugh. The fact that one of the coolest characters that I've seen in a fighting game, they're made just on the precipice of a bat, basically. It's really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Rage of the Dragon is another great game. Yes, Hopefully Arxis does something with Double Dragon. Mm. I love it. I, I love that game so much, but yeah. But honestly, this has been awesome. Like we gotta, well, we've got we've got to wrap this up now. But I, I wish I wish you could speak for for five hours with your help pockets. It's been oh, a, it's man, been a rad time. Been a rad I had time. Hold back so many times. I was like, dude, we could go for like hours on this topic. I know. I know. Yeah. Maybe another podcast maybe, you can come back. With, yeah, you know? yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe, exactly. maybe, on, awesome. may, may, maybe, a, maybe a release day, maybe a release day party podcast. We can, we can get Ooh. that popping. Maybe uh, release day might be kind of weird for me. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like all over the place. Yeah, well, yeah. around them. We'll, we'll be glad to around it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what's see. up. We'll see. We'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. But yeah, this was this was rad. I'm really glad that we could do this. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to Richmond now for the you know regular closing out. But yeah, this was rad. All right. Um, yeah, help. I it's such a pleasure to have you on here. Like, uh, I hope uh, you can come back. It's it's been awesome. Just uh, I, I feel like we've known each other for a while. 
already. <laughs> I know. I get that kind of kind of energy again. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for being on. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll just close this out. Uh, just um, uh, yeah. So uh, if you've made it to the end of the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, know that you can keep up with us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Art Eater Podcast. That's at A R T E A T E R Podcast. Um, and uh, you can also catch up on our older podcasts on the Art Eater website. That's A R T E A T er.com uh yeah check out all all the previously recorded podcasts we have up there and uh, i'm your host richmond uh you can follow me on twitter at uh, richmond underscore lee that's r-i-c-h-m-o-n-d underscore lee i'm i'm always on twitter just shoot me a line you know uh, always talking about art and games and fun stuff and uh yeah everyone please please let the listeners know uh you know how they can keep track of uh, what you're up to and you know let people know uh, you know what cool projects you have in in the works Oh, uh, sorry. Just I'm trying to remember what would be the best place. All right. So obviously follow me on Twitter at hell pockets. Uh, you'll see me. I promise after today, po- at least one week of no football talk, possibly <laughs> Mostly KOF talk, I promise. after Super Bowl Sunday, depending on what happens this Sunday today, uh, it'll be all KOF and DNF duel and anime and video game in general talk, you know, just going to, be usual stuff why you love me hell yeah um and you can of course catch me every thursday on twitch.tv slash game goons where me and my fellow goons meta abe and gibby aka manchest uh run kof 14 lobbies and after kof 15 releases we'll be moving on to running kof 15 lobbies uh so look forward to that they'll be very special i promise hell yeah awesome I guess I'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you guys go next. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Hell Pockets. Uh, so I'll go. I'm Sean. Usually here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. So, um, as mentioned, uh, I'm writing a book. It should be coming out this year at some point. So look out for that. But mainly, my my main plug is that I've been doing a lot of uh, mentoring. So if you're looking to get into design, especially like UX design or game industry, uh, I'm on ADPList.org. Um, and also a bunch of like awesome design leaders and other types of people on there. If you're looking to get into a- any of the kind of stuff we're talking about, like actually wanting to get into art or games or working on that, there's tons of amazing people that'll give their time away for free. There's absolutely no charge for it. And uh, uh, highly recommend it. So ADPList.org. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I also talk a lot about PC gaming because uh, I lead the design teams at NZXT. So if that's content that you enjoy, follow me on there. Otherwise, thanks. All right, uh, this is James Stanley, the uh, fighting game expert guy here <laughs> at Art Eater. Yeah. Um, you can actually follow me on Twitter at Kunoichi. It's B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, I talk a lot about fighting games, a lot of other stuff that I love, Hong Kong cinema, anime, uh, my own personal project, which is a love letter to a lot of these things called Part-Time Shuffle. Um, I am actually proud to announce that I have started a Patreon, something I never thought I would actually do. Uh, there's a lot of information that's going to be coming out on my Twitter about it. Uh, but if you just really like hearing other people talk about fighting games and occasionally showing off KOF 15 tech, uh, you can always come up to my, my Twitter. It's a uh, beefy Kunoichi and, uh, 
yeah, outside of playing biking for the rest of the day, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much going to be just uh, working on new stuff for my Patreon. Heck yeah. That was our resident button, our, our resident button pusher. That was, <laughs> that was the boy right there. But uh, sure. Um, hey, everybody. It's Adam. Pleased to be here once again, as always. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a game, level designer, a pixel artist, and also an international taekwondo fighter. I go by AJ. You can find me over there on Twitter at, at AJ Mattis. So that's at A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. Uh, I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. And also, if anyone wants or needs any pixel art-related work doing or any, or any help regarding it, I'm active at the moment. People always come through and give me some uh, give me some good work of theirs, and they're like, hey, uh, I need some help with this. Could you help me out with that? And I'm always, I'm always free on there, so I'm always happy to do that. If you liked anything that I said, feel free to drop me a follow. Currently working on some cool commission work with some people and also some projects of my own. Things are going really well, but I've had a really good time on this podcast here with everybody. And I'm really, really glad that we could have Hell Pockets on. This was an absolute pleasure and a treasure. So, yeah, everybody, uh, take care, stay safe, and as always, keep mashing buttons, keep having fun, go play KOF 15 when it comes out. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Stay safe and peace. Hey, take care, everybody. Peace out, guys. <laughs> yes.